to the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast, where only one of us is an actual father and none of us are priests. My name is James Dreer. I'm joined here by Tyler Big Herbie Herbach. What up, what up? And Trey Stinky Fingers Jose. What up, y'all? You should probably move your mic a little bit further away from your face. Getting a little feedback there. <laughs> there we go. On the sound things. Sounds better now, hopefully. We are the Fantasy Football Fathers. Uh, if you're new to the show, fairly new show. Um, but, yeah, we just started recording it last season. Uh, so this is kind of our first off season. Still feeling it out a little bit as far as recording a podcast. Um, but long-time fantasy football players, um, redraft focused mostly, but we talk Dynasty as well, um, especially nowadays since uh, we're in the old off season here and really nothing to look forward to until training camp. <laughs> so, and the news that pops up every once in a while. Um, but we covered last week, we covered all of the NFC rookies and their landing spots. Um, that is if they were drafted to an NFC team. Uh, and on this show, we're covering the entire AFC. So I'm going to go through um, every team in the AFC and talk about the rookies that they drafted and kind of our outlook um, for next year and long-term for these players. So uh, if you're looking for NFC teams or any of the rookies on those teams, look for that episode uh, from last week. Uh, If you haven't already, hit us up on Twitter at the FF Fathers. Um, And, you know, if you feel so obliged, a like and subscribe and a rating if it's a five-star rating, is appreciated. <laughs> That's it, right? <sighs> Fives only, man. Fives only. It's like my sex life. <laughs> five to thrive, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, let's get rolling here. Hey, before we jump into, <clears throat> excuse me, before we jump into the AFC, oh, oh, yeah, I'm not sure what happened easy. there. Um, we brought Trey brought this up this point up a couple times last week um, when the NFC is like there are still some free agent signings that are going to make a difference in these rankings and how we view players. And since the last episode, we did have Jarvis Landry sign with the Saints. Uh, probably a pretty big deal for Chris Olave owners out there like myself. Um, yep. How do you guys feel about Olave now that he's probably been pushed to the number three spot in this depth chart? <sighs> Number three, who uh, who else is he behind there? Well, obviously Michael Thomas, Michael Thomas is yeah. back. Um, I keep forgetting about him. He's like he's, <laughs> well, been, he's, he's been, been unheard of for a while. Yeah, so. yeah. You know, I mean, immediately or like long term? Well, no, immediately for this. Up, I mean, obviously long term. I'm sure we think the same of him. Um, but for this season specifically, I don't know. Like, I know there's a lot of people kind of freaking out about it. I'm not sure if it changes my opinion on his immediate year one impact um, altogether, honestly, I know obviously Jarvis is going to take some targets away, but uh, you know, I think it's pretty likely that Michael Thomas or Jarvis Landry probably ends up missing some time. They're both getting older. Um, I still think Chris Olave is going to be just about as involved as he would have been. It, it honestly just, it doesn't change that much for me on the outlook but i also i'm not a huge chris olave guy in the first place so i didn't have very big expectations in the I, first place. I feel about the same i don't love him but i like him and but now that jarvis is in the picture like before jarvis was in the picture i thought there would be times where you would be able to start him 
And now that Jarvis is in the picture, kind of like James said, unless these guys get injured and they are older, and Michael Thomas, I guess you would say, is injury prone now because he's been in and out for so long. Um, Chris Olave is basically, he's not going to start this year unless those guys get injured for me on my fantasy teams. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah I'm, obviously, I'm a little worried about targets being taken away from him that way. Um, so I think he does take some hit production wise because, I mean, this is an offense that likes to throw the ball and being the number two receiver. You know, a lot more opportunities than being the number number three receiver, but we'll see. Maybe he works better out of the slot, anyways, to begin with. And I mean, Landry's a slot guy though too, so yeah. And that's the thing; it's like it's kind of similar roles almost, you know. So yeah, it's like how much I don't know how much do they split, and do you really see like Jarvis Landry still as a really big threat on the football field, or is he more of a locker room guy that can come in and like help your younger receivers? It depends on Jameis, man. People forget that like the the you know after the first what five games, they didn't have Jameis, and so like that offense was never at full potential. Yeah. So if they get if we get a full season out of Jameis, he's definitely capable of like a five thousand yard season, in my opinion. So if that's he does something like that, then Chris Olave, he's definitely going to kind of creep into the picture. I mean, that's what that was my take on Jameis last year, thinking <laughs> that he could be a sneaky like top five right. quarterback. Um, and then he got hurt, and even though before that, like he wasn't putting up a ton of yardage, put up touchdowns, and you know he didn't have any interceptions. Like he showed a lot more sec- ball security and and better didn't decision have Michael making. Michael Thomas either, yeah, like was thrown so, to. It shows how how quickly like. Sean Payton was able to like, hey, this is the way, way we run our offense, right. and you can't be throwing the ball fifty yards on the field on every fucking play. You saw those Jameis drills. He's got the greatest ball security, dude. <laughs> well, he doesn't fumble the ball often, but he throws it into the other guy's hands a lot. <laughs> not, not since he got LASIK, dude. <laughs> yeah, he might have twenty fifteen like me. Shout out to Jameis. I'm seeing just like him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and and it's, we're still to be seen. Like, how much does Michael Thomas come back as well? You know, like. Is the injury going to affect him being out of the right. game for so long? Well, and part of it wasn't even injury based; it was like a mental thing. Yeah, it was like, a mental thing. So that's like he was getting in fights with teammates and shit. Like, yeah, there was some other stuff going on with him. If we're getting that deep into it, Marquez Callaway and Traquan Smith are still there. Traquan right. Smith, I'm not like that high on, but Marquez Callaway is definitely. Um, he might start over Chris Olave for a second, and maybe the the signing of Jarvis Landry is a little bit of a bit of a you know insurance policy into hey maybe michael thomas isn't 100 percent all the way back guaranteed to be there you know i'm sure the coaching staff has some hesitations otherwise why would they bring in jarvis and draft a rookie right not to that mention high. not mentioned to trade it up to, to draft yeah him. yeah and spend a first round pick so i don't know man i i think there's a lot of question marks obviously much talent more talented receiving core this year than the, they had last year um but still a lot of question marks for me in that offense no sean payton as well all right uh let's get right into the afc east and start with the buffalo bills who are have quite the roster here and added to their running back depth that's Moose the dog there. Shout out to the mascot. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, anyways, James Cook, running back out of Georgia, picked him in round two, pick 63. He is flying up uh, rookie drafts, seeing him go a lot in the first round, um, which is kind of a scary thing because, you know, we talked about James Cook before the draft, and a lot of people did, obviously. But the big thing was is can he really be a consistent you know, 
uh, option, every down back at his size, he's looked at as more of the receiving back, third down role potentially. So how do you guys feel about James Cook? Do you think he's worthy of the first round um, rookie pick right now? Um, I don't think so. Um, I mean, he wasn't even the starter at Georgia to start the year. You know, right. he was second to Zamir White, who you know got hurt. That's why James Cook ended up going to the leading role. You know, back back at the season. The weird thing is that like James Cook coming out of the draft had a lot of comparisons to Devin Singletary. Um, they are seen as very comparable players. So like the Bills just doubling down on basically the same guy, hoping that like he does better than Devin has. It's hard to say. Um, I think James Cook ultimately has uh, probably higher upside than Singletary does, but it's hard to say. Um, and then, you know, going into a committee backfield like this, at this point, he's definitely going to split carries. He shouldn't be worthy of a first-round pick in in uh, rookie drafts right now. I, I think he might be like a late end if you're like in a 12 or 14 team dynasty. I, I can okay. see like I can see that's that fair. being like justifiable for first round in a dynasty league. That's fair. I mean, we like like the ours. We have a fourteen team dynasty league, so. Mm-hmm. And I believe he went in the first round. I don't have the draft in front of me right now, but I'm pretty sure he did. But really, when they drafted James Cook, all I I'm just a butthurt person when it comes to all these running back committees. And I saw them draft him, and I'm just like, God, can we not just get like a little bit of solidarity, a little bit of clarity? I guess probably the better word. When it comes to these running backs, now that James Cook is in the picture, I'm not even really interested in Devin Singletary. Yeah, it's kind of hard. I mean, Devin Singletary like put together a good run of games in the you know last what five or six games of the year last year. We're like, oh, like is this what we've been waiting for for four years? And now it's more confusing. Um, and does this? I mean, I feel, I'm sure you guys feel the same way, but this essentially means the end of Zach Moss, right? Like he's done. There's no hope for him anymore. Oh yeah, he's he's been done. <laughs> Shit, I never had the hope. <laughs> At least on my. <laughs> I thought, dude. I oh, think well. he. I. I've. I still to this day. I think he's probably the better runner than Devin Singletary is. But I don't know if it's just like a a will thing or what. He just doesn't seem to like really care to be on the field. I mean, Devin Singletary last year, he he barely he didn't even push fifty percent snap count more than like three or four games for the first fourteen weeks. Right. So now you're adding this second round running back, which. Um, that might sound kind of bad, but if you're paying attention to the NFL at all in the last five years or so, that's pretty high for a running back. So obviously they believe in the, in James Cook. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I definitely like him in the second round. I think first round's a little spicy for me right now just because of how things could turn up. <laughs> like he could do absolutely nothing. You know, it could be another Devin Singletary who's just, you know, he's getting a lot of hype because of his name and his ability after the catch, but to be a full-time running back uh, in this league. Plus, you have Josh Allen, you know, who vultures touchdowns, vultures rushing yards, and they're a pass-first offense, right? So, Hey, Duke Johnson's also there, too. <laughs> uh, I mean, <laughs> he is a good pass-catching running back. So, like, if, say, they're, you know, they're using Devin Singletary on the run and then uh, they're not confident in James Cook, Duke Johnson's going to be there. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's not like the biggest competition, but he's definitely worthy of getting looks over him if they're not confident yet. Yeah. I mean, that's a fair point, especially for third down work. Bills also took Khalil Shakir, wide receiver out of Boise State, round five, pick 148. 
Would you like to say anything about him? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Khalil Shakir was, he's kind of like, I don't think he'll get drafted in many leagues. He wasn't in ours, but he was my uh, kind of priority free agent, if you will, uh, coming out of the draft. I picked him up immediately when free agency started to put on my taxi squad. Um, I like Shakir. I think eventually he's going to be a starter in this league. Obviously, year one, I mean, he there's a lot of people in front of him on that depth chart. So he's going to have to fight for that. But he ha- he plays with a with a demeanor that you don't see from a lot of guys his size. Um, I think ultimately he's just a true like football player. And I put it in our notes here. I get like some Steve Smith vibes out of him in the way he plays the game. Don't fucking do it, man. I'm not saying he's gonna be Steve Smith. I'm just saying the way he plays. It's the it's the demeanor he has. That's like one of my favorite receivers of all time. <laughs> Again, I'm not saying he's gonna become Steve Smith. I'm just I just like the way he plays the game. It feels like that. So I think because he has that kind of demeanor, means he can accomplish some stuff in this league. That's a huge compliment, man. That is like the Steve Smith comparison. That's like the, so he has like run after the catch. Yep. ability like he's, tough he's runs under, through tackles well he doesn't run through many tackles because he's not strong enough he's, he's he's smaller than steve smith is in terms of body weight um but he tries and that's the biggest thing like he he puts his head his head in there he just rut he does everything that he wants to you want him on the field like boise state found him found ways to get him the ball in every situation they could now i'm gonna watch the bills and, and every time he catches the ball if i see him run out of bounds <laughs> i'm going to shit all over your comparison <laughs> <laughs> All right, the uh, Miami Dolphins, uh, not a whole lot in the draft. Their draft was in the free agency market. That's where they <laughs> made their splashes, obviously. Holy speed on this offense all of a sudden. Yeah, wow. Um, their draft was Tyreek Hill. I mean, that was yeah. that was it. Uh, but they did draft a wide receiver in the fourth round out of Texas Tech, uh, Eric Izukanama. Izukanama. <laughs> Fucking A, dude. <laughs> <laughs> hey, give it a shot. So, anybody know as who a conma? As, as a conma? That probably sounds right. That's probably a little closer. I think James was adding syllables. <laughs> <laughs> Hooked on phonics over here. Um, I mean, is he going to contribute right now? No. Um, maybe in a few years. He was a three-year starter at Texas Tech. I think you, that says something about him that you know he can come in and play for that long. Um. But he needs to develop, and maybe in two or three years, he might be somebody to to keep an eye on. Yeah, <laughs> the New England Patriots. <laughs> New England Patriots. Um, some questionable picks early in the draft um, that kind of surprised everybody. But what is you know that's what Bill does. Um, but they did pick up a tall, speedy, skinny receiver in Tyquan Thornton, wide receiver out of Baylor. Round two, pick 50. Ran a four two eight forty. 40. He's like 6'4", right? Something like that. I, I, he's tall, and like skinny. like 170 pounds. <laughs> yeah, he's little. Um, but, I mean, he's fast as hell, and that depth chart has basically nobody on it. Um, so he's going to see playing time early and probably often. If Mac Jones can get the ball far enough down the field, Tyquan Thorne will run underneath it, so. I mean, their core isn't that bad, but it's definitely um, once it gets past Devontae Parker, the second position kind of seems like wide open between Kendrick Bourne, Jacoby Myers, Nelson. <laughs> I forgot Devontae Parker went to New England. Yeah, and uh, Harry Nikhil. I feel like at this point, like you know, everyone's out on him, right? It seems like the Patriots sure. are out on him. Yeah. So um, I think that's kind of interesting because the second position is kind of up for grabs. Yeah, I've been seeing him a lot. Um, 
either getting snagged in like the third round late or picked up off waiver wire. Yeah. But the big thing with Which the I Patriots, right, is like you have to run block as a receiver. Yeah. And if he's 170 pounds, like who's he who's he really blocking? Uh listed at one eighty one. Um at from that's his measurements from the combine. So he's six six two, one eighty one. Small hands for a receiver, eight and a quarter inch hands. Only six two. I thought he was taller than that. Yeah, they listed him at six two. Hmm. Uh, he should have played with Kenny Pickett. Uh, Moving on, they, of course, drafted a couple running backs. Pierre Strong Jr., running back out of South Dakota State, round four. And Kevin Harris in round five, running back out of South Carolina. How do we feel about this backfield now that they've added another two running backs? And I think Damian um, Harris. Harris is... Uh, I think this is his last year on his contract in New England. Yeah, probably. At this so point. he was drafted nineteen in the third round. So would that be? Yeah, for your contract. Be, yeah. yeah. So he'd yeah. be on, looking like he could potentially be out, uh, out the door at yeah. the end of this year. Con- contract year though. That's true. I like David Harris. I think he kind of showed last year that he was better than everybody else they had. But Pierre Strong Jr. is a very interesting back. He's a big, he's a big like kind of bowling ball type of back, um, and I think you're going to see him get playing time, you know, within this rotation, pretty early in the season. The problem is that you know it's the Patriots, so I sorry, I wrote this on our notes just because I know it's going to happen. That he's probably going to see start to see playing time, and it's going to get to the point where like you're like I might be able to get, I might be able to flex this guy. Only for Bill Belichick to find some random dude off the practice squad and give him 20 carries the next game. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing with with me. I think Damian Harris will be gone because I just don't think Bill wants to pay running backs, or he doesn't feel like he needs to. I think he feels like he can bring in just about anybody and you know work with them. So, and they also still have Ramondre Stevenson as well, James White too. Still, still trying yep. to earn his. Yeah, they resigned James White. The typical James committee. God, I hate him. James White will play there forever. Yeah. Until he's 45, I guess. And he'll have his 200-yard games. And just <laughs> fucking, yeah. Irby already explained it, basically. <laughs> so that's it. I mean, keep an eye on these running backs. Obviously, if one emerges, you know, down the road in the future, I think um, there's some value to be had there. But no real immediate value in these running backs. Yeah, not without injury. But, but if you had to choose one for Dynasty... W- like, do you guys even have an opinion on which one you would oh, rather stash? Strong, for sure. Strong. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's more likely to get drafted um, in a rookie draft, but I see Kevin Harris a lot out there on the waiver wire. So if you have room, why not? Right. Uh, moving on to the New York Jets, made a big. They really had a good draft, honestly. Like, you know, made some splashes on the defensive side of the ball. Obviously, made some splashes on the offensive side of the ball. Um, overall, it felt like a good draft. New York Jets selected Garrett Wilson in round one, wide receiver out of Ohio State. Um, and it's kind of crazy, Garrett Wilson's value. I've seen him at the very top of rookie drafts. Like people talking, they're taking him at the 102 instead of um, uh, running back in Seattle, Kenneth Walker. And I also see him drop to near to the back end of mm-hmm. round ones. And so it's kind of a wide range of value. I think I got him at the 107 in our draft. Yeah, I think it's only, I think it's mostly because no one's quite sure what to make of Zach Wilson yet. Yeah. That's true. And I'm also feel that way. I literally have 
on that dynasty roster, I have Zach Wilson, I have Corey Davis, I have Elijah Moore, and I have Garrett Wilson. <laughs> and I had Braxton Berrios until I dropped him. But um, I, I, I don't know. I said it at the beginning of last year. I, I saw some things that I liked in Zach Wilson. I think there's a lot of work still to be done. Um, but I think he's got potential. So I was going to say the same thing, really. like Towards the end of the season, it was really kind of like Mac Jones. He, it was really coming together, it looked like. Yeah. So p- people are really low on the Jets this year. And if you can get Garrett Wilson for a good value, I think it's totally worth it. The Jets are going to be better this year. Oh, they have to be. <laughs> Just with the rookie class that they brought in, if, I mean... They're, they will be better. They're they're definitely building something up there. Like there's something intriguing about how Mike young Sala they are. To, yeah, you know. So they seem to be doing doing the right thing. The biggest thing now, like all of a sudden, this offense has a lot of weapons in it, and we're about to talk about the, another one in you know the next mm-hmm. guy coming up. Um, but there's all of a sudden like there's a lot of really young, talented players on this team, and the biggest thing is to be like, how are they going to divvy up touches and targets? Yeah, that's the biggest question mark for me. Is can Zach Wilson support three? top 24 receivers right because that's kind of oh damn he's not he's not joe burrow i mean there's (laughs) a lot of hype around elijah moore obviously how he finished Mm -hmm. the season last year of course there's a lot of hype in garrett wilson um being one of the top rated receivers in this draft a competitive class but you still have Corey davis there too who's Mm -hmm. theoretically their number one receiver right now he's supposed to be anyway um oh he definitely is so (laughs) can zach wilson support all three of those guys, you know, it's it's hard to say. I mean, he we could see a big jump. Um, Grant, he was only a rookie last year, and we also know that quarterbacks tend to make that big jump between second and third year. So I think there's going to be growing pains this season. And then if we see him on the right track, on the right track, the next year that's when you're gonna be like, okay, I want all in on the Jets. But well, you got to keep in mind, like this is the Northeast, New York. They added C.J. Uzama and Tyler Conklin at tight end, right? And so, drafted another tight end that is actually pretty good. It would probably could push the start on other teams. It's going to be hard with Uzama and Conklin there, though. So kind of what you were saying, can he support three of those receivers? There's also those two tight ends. And CJ Uzama and Tyler Conklin. Like, Tyler Conklin is more of like a, a red zone threat. But Uzama has definitely shown flashes of being capable of being a pretty productive tight end. So And then with him, and you know, we'll get to Michael Carter in a second, It's it'll be pretty interesting as far as like the pass catchers that they're utilizing. Yeah, yeah. How does the backfield break out? Obviously, they drafted Brees Hall, the number one running back, the one overall unanimous one hundred one rookie in rookie drafts. Brees Hall, running back out of Iowa State, took him in round two, pick thirty six. Also, our unanimous number one running back in our rankings episode. Yeah, pre draft. Yeah, it was pretty obvious. I think it's pretty safe to you know have him there at the number one. He he just seemed like the most all around. Yeah, capable and ready to go running back. But how does this backfield split year one with both Michael Carter, who was a fourth-round pick, I believe? Out of North Carolina, yeah. Something um, like that. I definitely want to get Trey's opinion on this because he's a big Michael Carter believer. Not saying that we aren't, but like Trey has always, always been very high on, on Michael Carter. And the addition of Brees Hall certainly muddies the waters here. Oh, 100%. My feelings are hurt. <laughs> that's all i gotta say because i really thought michael carter this would be like his year it would be an opportunity for him this year if they didn't draft a running back but obviously you know they drafted Brees hall and he showed a lot of flashes and real potential last year and like we were saying earlier the jets they were trashed the first half of the season started picking up steam a little bit and michael carter really showed a lot of promise in the past game 
and we t- we typically play half PPR, so that made him like really valuable in my opinion. And I think with Brees Hall coming in the picture, it just ruins everything. <laughs> it ruins everything. Right. I mean, I think you're right on the nail there. Yeah. But. I mean, do you think it's going to split out like 50-50? Or you think one of them is going to get more like a 60-40 split? I think Brees Hall gets the majority. Probably, maybe out of the gate it'll be more 50-50, but I think once Brees Hall really shows like just how much better he is, it's going to be hard to go away from him for Michael Carter. Right. That's how like, I Michael feel. Michael Carter isn't terrible, but Brees Hall, I think, is different at a different tier. Yeah. I'll go out on a limb and say Michael Carter will be like a fringe flex player for the first half of the season, and after that, you'll never start him in fantasy. Yeah. I think, and unfortunately, yeah, that's the case, but... Hey, hopefully you're able to get Brees Hall <laughs> if you're a Michael Carter manager. They also took uh, Jeremy Ruckert tied in out of Ohio State um, in the third round. So they spent some capital on him. Mm-hmm. Obviously a position of need, as you mentioned, picking up Uzama and, and Conklin in the offseason. But this is more of a long-term hold, right? Yeah, for sure. And like I said, Ruckert has the talent to... I think he'd probably push for a starting spot on a lot of teams, um, even as a rookie. But, I mean, he's immediately coming in as a third third string here, and it's going to be really hard for him to move up. Now, granted, the one thing that probably works in his favor is Tyler Conklin is not known for his health. Uh, he misses a ton of games every year. so I was going to say the same thing. Yeah, I mean, he, so he could absolutely see the playing field pretty early if an injury happens, or a likely injury will happen to Tyler Conklin. All right, moving on to the AFC North. Let's start with the Baltimore Ravens. Um, not a whole lot here. <laughs> a couple of tight ends in the fourth round. Uh, Charlie Kohler out of Iowa State and Isaiah Likely out of Coastal Carolina. Interesting. Um, obviously, Mark Andrews is still there, but they felt like they needed some depth at the position, I guess. Well, I mean, after trading away Mark uh, Hollywood Brown, I mean, they might be going three tight end sets. Yeah, <laughs> you know, they don't have receivers on this team. Yeah, they have tight ends. So, hey, um, do y'all remember? Don't it was like my boy Rashad, like that. All right, I still think um, there's potential there. It was like two or three years ago. I forgot who was the second string tight end on the Ravens, and he had plenty of games where he was worthy of starting in fantasy. I'm struggling to bring the name up now. He went. He ended up going south after he was on the Ravens. Wasn't it Hurst? Yeah, Hayden Hurst. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hayden Hurst filled in great as their backup tight end technically, but he saw a lot of usage. Yeah. And the thing is like Charlie Kohler is interesting. He's big. He's six six. He's a big tight end. Yeah. Um and I mean he gets to now learn from one of the best in the league. So, you know, I could see Kohler stepping up eventually and becoming a, a top tier tight end in the league. Um obviously I don't wouldn't put a whole lot of anything or you know a lot of eggs in that basket this year. But give him a few a couple of years and I think you should be somebody that you can actually you know, rely on. Uh, they also took the running back out of Missouri, Tyler Beatty, uh, round six, pick 196. How do we feel about him in this backfield? He's a traditional third down back, you know, receiving guy out of the backfield. Uh, the the Ravens use are a lot like, like New England. They use a, a committee um, pretty, he- pretty heavily, especially last year. That might change with um, J.K. Dobbins coming back this year. So we'll see how that plays out, but um, I wouldn't expect anything from from Mister Baddy. Yeah, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, Mike Davis. Yeah, yes, yeah. he's depth, not going to see this. This is field. a depth play, right? They were riddled with injury at the position uh, last year, and it's a depth 
death signing, death pick. Death pick. <laughs> say, I was going to say death. <laughs> Damn. Uh, Bengals didn't pick one offensive player, so not a whole lot to cover there. No, the only thing they had to do in, do in the offseason was help you know secure the offensive line, and they did that in free agency, so they're good to go. Yeah, a lot of hype surrounding this offense now that um, hopefully they've fixed the offensive line. It seemed to be their only weakness. So a lot of a lot of excitement for the Bengals moving into next season. Can we just be thankful they didn't draft a fucking running back? Joe Mixon still looks great. <laughs> yeah, you want some clarity. That's yeah. Joe Mixon, baby. Thank God. One of the few. That's some good clarity. Uh, the Cleveland Browns had a couple of interesting picks really uh just David Bell the wide receiver out of Purdue round 3 pick 99 um he's a pretty good player and i think one of those guys that you can target in the third round of your rookie drafts as you know taking a shot on because there's opportunity to be had in this offense especially when Deshaun Watson comes back yeah actually real quick on Deshaun Watson him and the NFL did start talking um yesterday about what discipline might come up, if any. So we should have some news within the next couple of weeks on, you know, if he is going to be suspended. What, didn't they drop the investigation? The So the civil suit is still happening. Um, the criminal suit was dropped. Right. But the civil lawsuits are all happening. So there's, you know, 23 of those. And the NFL is still doing their investigation. Let's be real. They're probably at least four games. They they yeah. they can't do nothing, especially in this day and age with everything that's going on. I mean, it's just one of those, the one of those things. If it was like one or two women that came forward for and they they maybe they're lying, they you know came together and like, hey, let's see if we can get some money out of them, kind of situation. Maybe but when there's like twenty three, yeah, like that's a lot of different masseuses that you're fondling, dude. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Deshaun Cosby is looking kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Questionable. <laughs> Oh geez, uh, I've heard a lot of like six games, um, minimum for Deshaun Watson, but I don't know. We'll see. Either way, David Bell, there's some long term value there for fantasy purposes. Uh, worth taking a shot on to see what happens. Their lead receiver is Amari Cooper, and I'm really gonna get started on like <laughs> the shit show that that is. No, no, it's actually funny. David Bell. Actually reminds me a lot of Amari Cooper. They're both very good route runners, but they're not the most explosive athletes. Yeah. Um. So it's interesting that they are basically now playing on the same offense. They'll be on the field a lot together. We'll see how uh how that works out. Dude, it's Anthony Schwartz or Donovan Peoples Jones. Right. Besides David Bell and Amari Cooper. Hey, DVP. D DPJ. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You can't even get his initials right. You're thinking about Scott Van Pelt still. <laughs> we were talking ESPN before the podcast, but yeah, I mean, so he's in a good position. It seems like he's in a good position. Yeah, a lot of opportunity there. They also took uh, Jerome Ford, running back out of Cincinnati, in round four, and Mike Woods, wide receiver out of Oklahoma, in round six. So, whoop de doo, Basil. Those guys. <laughs> I mean, uh, and Ford's going to be behind Dernis Johnson probably because Dernis Johnson did show some good flashes last yeah. year. And I was about you still have Cream Hunt and Nick Chubb there. Like, sure, Jerome mm-hmm. Ford's going to have to be a special teamer to even make the team. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers went ahead and took the first quarterback off the board, Kenny Pickett. Kenny, two gloves, Pickett, hey. quarterback out of Pittsburgh. Can he pick it up? Can he? Can he pick the ball up <laughs> with his small hands? Uh, can he pick it up? 
God, I'm so good. That was really good. Yeah, that, <laughs> come on, come on. I love that one. Uh, round one, pick 20. He was the first quarterback off the board. It took a while before another quarterback got taken. Um, what do you guys think? Is he day one starter? Does he beat out Mitch? I think he does. I, I, I know people are like, Mitch Trubisky spends one year in Buffalo, and all of a sudden, like he's a whole new quarterback. I'm like, why are we getting this? Like he played like ten snaps in Buffalo. I don't get that take either. Like, and I understand like Chicago did him no favors, um, being that offense, being with Matt Nagy, who apparently didn't even want to draft him as their quarterback. He didn't even want him there. Right. So like, you know, nothing was was going his his way in Chicago. But like after, you know, I couple of snaps in buffalo all some people think that he's a some he's a resurrected quarterback i I just don't see it i I don't think about it that way i think about if mitchell trubisky is like an actual real competitive athlete and he's about his business he basically got a year to get his shit together and focus on himself and growing as a player sitting behind josh allen learning from someone who figured it out very quickly if mitchell trubisky is really about his business i think he will win the starting job but it's really about the work that he's been putting in, and it's, it's something you probably have to read in between uh, Bill's beat writers and Steelers beat writers during the off season, as far as like how he's looking. If he took advantage of that year of sitting on the bench with his skill set, he's definitely capable of being the starter. Yeah, definitely. I, I view these guys very similarly, um, and obviously, Mitch has the uh, the advantage of being in the NFL for the last uh, two, three years now. Um, four, I believe. Four, that. yeah. So I mean, at this point, if you can't do it now, you can't beat out Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph. Then I, uh, you know, Mason Rudolph's not even in this conversation, yeah, dude. Well, Come on, <laughs> he's still on the team. So they, do they typically keep three quarterbacks? Uh, they did last. They year. They did last year, obviously. Okay, so he'll probably make the team. But I, come on, Kenny Pickett's the obvious two there, in my opinion. They one also, slash two. They also took George Pickens, wide receiver out of Georgia in round two, pick fifty-two. I like this pick a lot. I think there's a it's an upside pick, right? Um, and I think you can get him pretty deep in rookie drafts still, round two. Um and it's a it's like I said, it's a major upside pick. Do you guys do you want to tell the story, Tyler, on George Pickens? Yeah. Um so Pickens, he tore his ACL back in the spring last year and was able to come back pretty quickly to contribute to the Georgia's you know national championship offense over the last. He was there for the playoffs, I think, two or three games of the regular season. So he came back quickly, um, wasn't the most explosive guy out there, but he still, you know, had production. And as long as he sh- as he shows the continued progression from the uh, from the injury, he should be fine. I think so, too. I mean, at this point, um, he's not really like a slot guy, right? I mean, he, no, he's big. Oh, he's a big guy. Yeah, so I'm saying he's, he's a big a, dude, 200 he's pounds. He's like a Chase Claypool type. Um, right, and, and Chase Claypool, me, in my opinion, is he's not as impressive as like the hype was his rookie year. So, I mean, George well, no, Pickens I mean, is had, in a very good situation. He had the benefit of that, uh, of that, that three touch or that four touchdown game that right. he had. Yeah, I mean, basically he's benefiting, benefiting off of like, uh, he had a couple games where he had a few touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, obviously he's like an athletic freak, all that kind of stuff. But I, it, it's not like coming together for me for Chase Claypool. So I think George Pickens is in a very good position. Definitely opportunity there. Um, they also drafted Calvin Austin the third wide receiver out of Memphis in round four. Very small but quick and shifty type of player. 
could uh, see his way into a slot role there. Um, and Connor Hayward, the tight end out of Michigan State in round six. Fun fact, just so I want to throw that out here. Just thought George Pickens is from Hoover, Alabama. You remember? You guys remember that high school football team from Hoover that they had like the MTV show on way back in the day with a super controversial coach? Did they suck? No, they were they were like perennial national championship contenders. Well, <laughs> I don't remember because of Hoover vacuums. <laughs> but <laughs> sorry, just random randomly came back to mind when I saw Hoover, <laughs> Alabama. Oh, that's funny. Uh, AFC South, Houston Texans. We'll start here. Uh, they took couple of guys here in this draft that I like. Um, we'll start with the receiver, John Mechie, the third wide receiver out of Alabama. Round two. Coming back off the ACL, um, but a pretty decent player. Um, and really, you know, obviously has opportunity here in Houston to move up the ranks quickly. Yeah. Irby, weren't you like a big fan of John Mechie? I am, yeah, I am a big fan. I mean, he's not as good as you know his, his teammate that he had back there at, in Alabama, um, Jameson Williams. But I mean, him and Michi together last year, Alabama were tearing up defenses, and Michi is like pure speed. Um, he might, he says he's gonna be ready for training camp. I'm not sure how. I mean, he just tore his, his ACL like you know two months ago, basically. Right. So I'm not sure if he'll be able to make it up back that fast. He says he can, but um, I think. Houston and, and Levy Smith, they're going to probably slow, you know, ease him into the offense a little bit, just to make sure that he's okay that way. But once he is part of this offense, he's going to be the home run threat on it, period. Well, I think he's going to be part of the offense, right? Because Brandon Cooks is the obvious starter at receiver. And the only, only other names that are really kind of striking me off of this depth chart right now is Chris Conley from Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Um, he used to play for the Chiefs <laughs> also, right? Yeah, I think so. But no, yeah, that's and, what I'm saying. And, like, he's yeah. had his opportunities and has not came to and fruition. Michi will absolutely be part of the offense. I'm just saying once he gets back into the offense because of the injury. I'm not sure if he's gonna be ready week one. So so it's Michi, are you, not are you Mr. Misi. No, Michi. It's Michi. Mr. Misi from <laughs> Rick and Morty. It's a, I thought it was Michi. I'm, I'm pretty sure, sure it's Michi. Michi. I think it's Michi. Wait, Michi Darko? Flatbush That's zombies? all I could think of was Mr. Misi's. All right. Uh they also took <laughs> Damian Pierce uh running back out of Florida round four, pick one oh seven. I like Pierce a lot. Um, and I think um, he has a great opportunity here. Not a whole lot of competition in that backfield. So if he's the guy that, you know, I it felt is like he was. I was wrong, guys. It's Mechie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he literally looked up the Google pronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> if If Pierce is the guy that I think he can be and that I saw in his limited um, work in college, I think he really could be the number one guy here from the get-go. But well, I mean, obviously, what Marlon Mack, Rex Burkhead, yeah. So obviously, there's a lot of opportunity there. Trey, you've stood on the table for Marlon Mack in the past. How do you feel about this? I'm worried because I also like Damian Pierce a lot. I think I had him number three in our running back rankings in the preseason or pre-draft. Yeah. Um, all of us had him pretty high, right? Oh, you actually weren't very high on him. You didn't even put him in your top five. But I had him at six. I do like Marlon Mack, but I'm stuck in the past with Marlon Mack. He's coming back from that Achilles injury. They did not use him very much, if not at all, on the Colts last year. But, I mean, if Marlon Mack does produce, he'd be the first person post-Achilles to really do something. But it's a weirdly deep backfield because, I got, like I said, Marlon Mack, Rex Burkhead. They also have Royce Freeman in there. Who is someone who's proven himself to like be worthy of starting an offenses, not on fantasy, but he does 
get playing time for the teams that he plays for. And there's Dari Ogumbawale, who you know played for the Jaguars last year and did get some de- decent playing time. Yeah, towards the end of the year, they had injuries, and he was forced into the starting role and did okay. It wasn't, it wasn't awful. Um, I would not be surprised if Damian Pierce is the number one back come midseason. I think skill-wise, he's, <laughs> he's head and shoulders above the rest of the crew, for sure. Yeah, yeah his ceiling's just way, way higher. Yeah, he's got to come out and prove it, though. Uh, moving on to the Indianapolis Colts. Oh, you don't want to bring up Tegan? Uh, did I skip someone? Yeah, yeah, I'm skip, skipping that name. Um, <laughs> Indianapolis Colts. I mean, unless you like them or something, you want to talk about. I, them, I, I don't care though. It's Tegan Quitoriano from Oregon State. The only reason I put anything on here for, is because, like, I don't know much about him, but the two guys that are in front of him on this depth chart. You've also barely heard of Brevin Jordan and Farrell Brown, so like he has a good chance of any to contribute in this offense. Brevin Jordan real. has made some splashes in the dynasty community, at least um, amongst the Twitterers and stuff like that. I actually have him on my dynasty dynasty roster because I'm just dying for a decent tight end. <laughs> and uh, he showed promise. He's athletic, um, but obviously there it's a long kind of road for tight ends. So I, I'd still be more interested in Brevin Jordan right now on this team than Tegan whatever. Tegan Dumb Keen. fact, uh, his jersey number is number nine as a tight end. Must be sick. Must so, be hella good. Honestly, that makes me a little bit more interested in him. <laughs> Must be pretty fucking confident in himself. Uh, Indianapolis Colts. Really, um, I like this pick. Uh, and Alec Pierce at wide receiver out of Cincinnati, round two, pick 53 overall. He's really big, strong receiver. He's also fast. Um I think, you know, with Matt Ryan and obviously a dominant running game, there there's a good likelihood that he comes in and produces from the get-go, I think, on this offense. Obviously, Michael Pittman Jr. is still the number one receiver there, but they need they need weapons. They're, I mean, he's the, like the only receiver there yeah, right now. So. He's basically the only one. So desperate for weapons, a quarter, proven quarterback. A really good running game that the defense has to worry about. You know, first and foremost, you got to stop JT. I like Alec Pierce. You know, um, I'm seeing him go a lot in the second round in rookie drafts, which I think is a good spot for him. It should be interesting, like the uh, training camp battles between him and Mike Strachan or Str- Strachan, whatever. Um, Last year for Dynasty, he was one of those deep guys that a lot of people were really interested in was Mike Strachan because of his build. Really tall, lengthy receiver. Didn't see any playing time. He's someone that I had on my taxi squad the entire year last year just because uh, the internet told me to, (laughs) if I'm being honest. But um, with a year under his belt, he might have a little bit of uh, an upper hand on that. And they still have Paris Campbell, someone that they like. And he said he's going to be 100%. Um, he came off, uh, I think he tore his ACL last year. He said he'll be 100% for, for training camp. Um, I'll be completely honest. Alec Pierce was not my radar at all being drafted in the second round. So, like, when we were going through our rankings, I didn't really put, like, any look into him at all. And so, when the pick happened, I had to go back and, like, look. And, I mean, I think I think you're right. I think he's going to immediately come in and be, you know, the wide receiver two in this offense. My only concern is that, like, him and Michael Pittman Jr. kind of seem like the exact same wide receiver. 
Yeah, they're very similar in that. Uh, disrespect. But it could also be an advantage because, you know, typically you have one type of corner who's better at guarding, like, this type of receiver or whatever. You got two, you know, physical dominant outside receivers out there. It's kind of like pick your poison, you know? Right. I mean, it just it seems weird. Normally, you know, offenses like to sure, you have a little have bit of variety. Of yeah. Um, so it's interesting that they basically have two big receivers who can go up and, you know, get the jump balls. And they're, they're both fast, but they're not necessarily the shiftiest guys in the world. Um, so it's just interesting why, like, in that same pick, they could have gotten somebody that I think would complement Michael Pittman better. But who knows? I mean, you could be right. You put, you know, basically the Twin Towers out there at receiver and Ooh. just throw the ball up. Just throw it up, Matty Ice. I like the nickname, man, the <laughs> Twin Towers. The, the thing that holds me back about Alec Pierce is because um, they drafted him in the second round, so obviously they, they're really high on him. But when I was watching Desmond Ritter's tape, um, he's just so great at buying time. So I'm curious like how much of Alec Pierce's um, accomplishments so are coming out of um, his quarterback buying time, and he's allowed to kind of just run around and, and be open. That won't happen yeah, with Matt Ryan. That could be a lot. Oh, definitely it not. It could be decision-making, though, as well as you know, quality of the offensive line. Matt Ryan's going to be able to see things happening a lot sooner than a Desmond Ritter. And uh, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, like analyze the, the defense? An- anticipate mm. things, which is huge as a quarterback. And so I, th- I don't put a, a ton of stock into that. I think I would have to put my money on Matt Ryan and – has a higher IQ right now than Desmond Ritter, right? Playing football, but well, don't again, don't insult his intelligence, Jeez. You know, <laughs> hopefully Alec, football IQ. I'll give you that one. <laughs> hopefully, Alec Pierce can get open and create separation, right? I think that's probably a good, uh, more of a, like a, um, what you're kind of talking about, I guess. With that, yeah, basically what you said. I wouldn't put too much weight into what I said. That's the only thing that's really kind of held me back because Desmond yeah. Ritter was very good at buying time when he played for Cincinnati. Uh, they also took a couple of tight ends. You, you want to talk about any any of those guys? Jelani Woods for sure. Andrew Ogletree, no one cares. Uh, Jelani <laughs> Woods, I would not be surprised if he's the number one rookie tight end at, coming out of this year. Okay. <laughs> That's just and that. why? <laughs> uh, um, it just he's he's a huge athlete he's six like those tests in elementary school where they don't tell you to (laughs) explain explain your answer (laughs) you just put your guess the answer is 34 they'd be like explain why and i would literally write back because you told me that (laughs) because that's how you (laughs) you told me this is the answer so yeah (laughs) but he's behind moali cox I'm also looking at our last large, large human being, Moali Cox. I think that's I know, but the thing is, like Moali Cox has always shown like glimpses that he could be, uh, you know, a starting fancy tight end, but it's never really come to fruition. Yeah, and it he's had his chances. By now. Exactly, exactly. That's where I'm at with it. So that's why I'm like Jelani Woods. I think has a has a much higher ceiling than Moali Cox does. So I'm gonna go with Mo- with Jelani Woods to be the number one tight end on this offense by the end of the year. And with rookie tight ends, like you almost never see them contribute anyway. So I'm just saying, like out of all rookie tight ends, if I'm going to put money on one to be the best, it's going to be him. You're selling me on it because it's obviously a very run-heavy offense. There's going to be a good amount of two tight end sets, and it looks like he's going to be that second tight end. Yep, and it helps when you're six foot seven. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Not a whole lot of note here. Uh, one of the teams that made a lot of uh, free agency offseason moves, but uh, they did draft Snoop. Kana, sipping on Jags and juice, running back <laughs> out of Ole Miss in round five. 
Um, you know, obviously there's a couple of dudes in that backfield right now. Um, you know, people expecting big things out of ETN right out of the gate with James Robinson, who's going to be coming off a um, uh, injury. A foot injury, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think it's like a Liz Frank or whatever yeah. at the end of um, last year. So he could be missing some time. Um, you know, I'm seeing Snoop Connor get dra- picked up off of the waiver wire a lot. Not a whole lot of people drafting him. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't have like him, him on. I wouldn't have him on your radar at all unless an injury happens um, sometime in training camp because it just there's no way he's going to see the field with Travis Etienne, who's a you know first round pick, has that kind of pedigree, and James Robinson, who's proven to be a very good fantasy running back. So I just can't believe that Snoop Connor is going to ever really see the field. Yep, I'm kind of in that same boat. I think it's um, you know kind of a depth uh, pick here. And he's really only going to play if the other two aren't able to go. Yeah, I wouldn't snoop into that too much. Yeah, I thought about picking him up, and there was no <laughs> one on my team that I that felt worthy enough. So yeah, I wasn't really snooping around too hard. Uh, moving on to the Tennessee Titans, a couple of guys here to talk about for sure. Uh, Traylon Burks. Obviously, Tennessee felt um, they had to make a move because A.J. Brown wanted to get paid. And um, for the cost that uh, number one receivers are going for right now, it is a very, very expensive investment. (laughs) Um, So, obviously, Tennessee made the move. They said, you know what, we'll trade um, A.J. Brown to the Eagles who can't pick a receiver to save their lives um, in the draft. and let's draft the guy that is almost AJ Brown junior <laughs> junior junior. That's how, that's how I saw him when I was watching Traylon Burks tape. That's why I got so excited. So you can bet I was pretty excited when this transaction happened. Obviously I'm not a Tennessee Titan fan. I'm sure they're not as ecstatic, but I just think Traylon Burks arguably the one Oh one for me in rookie drafts right now. I know Brees Hall is obviously the far and best running back, and running backs are a little bit more valuable, but I think Traylon Burks comes in right away and makes an impact. I think he has the ability. He's landed in probably the most perfect spot he could have landed in, Um, and obviously he can be the number one guy from the get-go. Yeah, um, I mean – Everything you said is completely, completely accurate. I think we were all big on Traylon, Bur- on Traylon Burks coming into it. And we, A.J. Brown was a very common comparison for him coming out of the draft. I saw a lot of Debo, which I felt he was more like A.J. Brown. Well, he's bigger than Debo. So, like, right. A.J. Brown seems to be the, be the better comp. Um, the only thing is, like, is it fair to put that kind of pressure on this kid to come in like, oh, you need to put up 1,200 yards and 12 touchdowns? I think, it's, I think it's fair. If you, <laughs> yeah. if you look, it is you, fair. You go ask Mike Vrabel that and... Coach V and see what he thinks. You yeah, know? what they did in the draft, and if you look at their depth chart, there, there's no other name on that depth chart that's competing with him. Like Robert Woods, honestly, Traylon Brooks might be like their one. No, he's definitely he the one. Yeah, he has to be. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at rlads.com. I'm not like trusting everything that they are putting out here, but they have him slated as the slot receiver, which is 
that's, horrible to me. That's just like they're, where they they're, yeah, they're going to use them in a lot of different. Yeah, Burks lined fashions. up all over the field in in Arkansas. So that's probably why they did that. Let's. I mean, Robert Woods has never been a number one receiver. Very good number two. Traylon Burks yeah. is that archetype. He has that kind of freak nature, that ability, and that size. I love it. I mean, if I was higher up in our draft, let's say I was. I think he went what one three. We had he went one. It was one three because it was Brees Hall and then Kenny Walker and I think Traylon was the next receipt. Well, next pick one three. Yeah, and that's only because running backs are so rare to get a hold of, and those guys are in good positions. And we also live in the Northwest, so Kenny Walker is going to go pretty high. Mm-hmm. But you know, being on the Seahawks, but yeah, I mean, when you look at this depth chart, there's no one. Nobody else is really going to compete for that job for him. He's definitely going to start from week one, and he's going to have like an 80-plus percent snap percentage. So when it comes to that, if um, that just makes you at least a borderline starter in fantasy football. So even if he's okay, he's still going to be worthy of starting. Oh, for sure. And, and you know, I will say this too. Robert Woods is probably the best number two receiver that Tennessee's had since Mike Vrabel's been the coach. Mm-hmm. And I know people are going to yell at me about Julio Jones. Julio Jones hasn't stayed healthy in like six years, and is a you know a fraction of what his former self was. He's not the the all pro guy that he that he has been in the past. I know he showed like one or two like plays last year, where he like you know he toe tapped the sideline. You're like, oh damn, that's the old Julio. Well, that's cool. He did it for one play. Yeah. So I just think Robert Woods. I know he's coming off the injury, but like in L. A. Robert Woods was like the perfect wide receiver number two there. Yep. And I think he'll be the same way here in Tennessee. So this actually might be the best thing for them both because it actually elevates the passing game as a whole. And they took Malik Willis in round three, pick 86. Everyone was pretty surprised how far Malik fell. I myself (laughs) wasn't as high, I guess, on him. I don't know. I felt like I was almost forced to put him as my QB2 on my rankings just because there's so much hype. It's hard to ignore. There's so much potential with him is the thing. There is there is a lot of potential. I mean, the draft was weird. a lot of work. Yeah, oh, for sure. He has a lot to lot of work to put in to, to become you know, NFL ready. The weirdest thing is that everyone's expecting him to be a first-round pick because we've just, like, the NFL is all about quarterbacks until right. people reach for him. And this year showed the exact, like, the exact opposite where every team was just waiting, and they were holding off like we don't need him. We don't need until eventually the Titans, who know you know, uh, Tannehill's thirty five or thirty six. He's in the his contract year, so he's gone after this season more than likely. Mm-hmm. And like, why not? Like in the deep in the third round, like that's, yeah. that's the perfect time to take a developmental quarterback who can sit behind Tannehill for a year. And I know Tannehill is not gonna be his mentor, which is fine. People, you know, going up in arms about that. Those comments are stupid. That is a very common. Relationship yeah. between the Brett Favre said the exact same thing about Aaron Rodgers across the league. It's very very common. He's it, he's not going to just ignore Malik Willis if, if Willis has a question or whatever. He's going to answer. It. <laughs> you know what I mean? But he's like, it's not uh, my job is to focus on me being prepared. To yeah, it's not his, it's games. not his job to be his you know mentor and tutor where he's holding right. his hand all the way through. It. But yeah, he's going to help him. It's not like he's going to yeah like you said he's not going to ignore him. Could you imagine like being in the coaches or in like the QB room and Malik's like. What would you do in this situation? Tanner's just like fuck off. Yeah, you know I, what? I don't think he's gonna help him. Honestly, he, he's not gonna. Like, he probably won't be an asshole. Just you know, just to keep the locker room nice and gravy, and everyone's getting along with each other. But I, I was listening to a different podcast earlier, and I was listening to Darius Butler, and he he said it perfectly. Really, that Malik Willis, obviously, 
way more physically gifted at this point compared to Ryan Tannehill. But right at this point, it comes down to knowing the game and, you know, what's up in your head. And Ryan Tannehill is, you know, far and above where Malik Willis is. So if Ryan Tannehill is going to give him all of that intellectual knowledge about the game and what to do mentally, he's basically like handing the torch over in his contract year. Yeah. So it, it makes no he's sense for him to do it. though, and the, whether you tell someone the answer to, you know, this question or that question or whatever, that's still the... IQ takes years to develop. It takes a lot right. of time. Plus, it takes actual game reps and to game like reps, to yeah. see it. So, I I disagree in a, in a sense with what you're saying, Trey. Only because like I think he'll help him out and like he'll answer all the questions and he'll learn. But there's no chance in hell the Titans are going to go to Malik Willis over Ryan Tannehill well, at any point in the season. With Super Bowl aspirations, yeah, absolutely. Right? Like, yeah, and, and Mike Vrabel is the coach. You got to really keep that in mind. Yeah. Kind of but an old Malik school Willis, guy, very straightforward. Yeah. He's not. Run there's first. no way he abandons Ryan Tannehill from Malik Willis at not any chance. point in this season. Even if Ryan Tannehill is shit in the bed all year, it's not going to matter because the running game is going to be on fire with Derrick Henry again. Unless Malik comes out and just, you know, over, you know, like he's way farther in development he than anyone actually thought he would be. Yeah, I mean that's also a possibility too. I think it's less likely, obviously, but. From what I know about Mike Vrabel, I wouldn't be surprised if he probably doesn't have that much say in who's getting drafted, but he has a little bit to say that like they were basically forced to draft Malik Willis. He probably wasn't even interested in him. Well, did you, there was a video um, of their war room when they made the move for Traylon Burks. He was visibly angry. Like He got up, walked away. He was like mad that they were trading A.J. Brown away, obviously, like one of his guys, you know. And um, obviously, it was not his decision. Yeah, he doesn't get final yeah. say in, in roster. Like, obviously, his inputs, he's the head coach. Like, his input's right. there. It's big. But, and. And he wants proven guys that are going to go win him yeah. games right now. He's basically, because in his mind, like you said, they have Super Bowl aspirations. He's like, you're going to get rid of my number one receiver right. and replace him with a rookie and hope, even though, like, they compare favorably, you just hope he's going to replicate the exact same production. I'd yeah. be pissed too. Yeah, exactly. Because in realist, you know, AJ Brown is an elite receiver. Realistically, it's still kind of a long shot for Traylon Burks to ever be yeah. AJ Brown. Like that's still Traylon Burke could absolutely come in and bust. It's a higher probability like, it's, it's that a chance. he does bust than that he's a superstar like, elite receiver. <laughs> I don't know if there's Vegas odds on like who's gonna be the biggest bust or how they even like determine that kind of thing. But if there was, Traylon Burks would have the highest odds. Just because of the amount of hype, what they did to get him, and the fact that he's going to be a day one starter. Yeah. Like the expectations are extremely really high. high. Yeah. And, and he, it, it's his game to lose. Yeah. And he's going to feel those expectations. They're going to sure. expect him to come in and be A.J. Brown. At least that's he, not you know, easy to do. At least he was the dude at his college and, you know, was expected to make, you know, majority of their plays and stuff. So he's coming from kind of a similar. Yeah, but, role, but I mean, I understand he was, you know, at, still in the SEC. Level. Yeah, yeah, I don't understand he was in the SEC, but it was still Arkansas. Arkansas is like mid-tier SEC school, right? You know, like they're not, they don't have the, the firepower. You know, yeah, the firepower, the the eyes on them. Right. Like the only time that people see Arkansas plays when they play Alabama or Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> they also took uh, Hassan Haskins, running back out of Michigan, round four. Uh, another big, powerful kind of Derrick Henry type of running back. Um, but this is obviously, you know, it's an insurance pick. It's an insurance pick for sure, but could be valuable for fantasy. Um, so I'm seeing him go a lot as well in rookie drafts. 
Just well, the because. only person he's competing with is Dontrell Hilliard. Right. And I still think Hilliard is the number two guy there. Yeah. But obviously there's, you know, opportunity if anything happens to Derrick Henry. I mean, I, I, I saw enough of Dontrell Hilliard last year. I mean, I, I'll be honest. I don't know much about Hassan Haskins, but if he's somewhat promising, he'll probably be the two. Yeah, we'll see. Um, they also took a tight end in round four. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead and Chigazim Akunqua. That one. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> you guys are the fucking worst. Chigazim Akunqua? Akunqua. Oh. That's 100% not right. Uh, <laughs> let's just call, let's call him Chiggy. <laughs> I think Chiggy for short. Chiggy. I Chig, like that. I like that. Yeah. Getting Chiggy with it. <laughs> um, I don't know. He could actually see playing time. I mean, Austin Hoover, we've basically haven't heard much from since he went to Cleveland. I know he's off there. Like, who knows what happened there? And then there's what Jeff Swain, he's more of a, a blocker, not a pass catcher. So Chicky could, you know, make a little splash here or there this season. Would be nice. Could use some more relevant tight ends. Um, Kyle Phillips, they took a receiver out of UCLA in round five. Uh, do you have any insight on this guy? He's your prototypical slot, like white slot receiver. <laughs> Ooh, the last fifth round white slot receiver I can think of is Hunter Renfro. I, I, I know. But like, he's literally like that exact same guy. He's, they're not fast, but they're quick. And like, he worked out of the slot at UCLA. Real lunch pail guy. Yeah. Real lunch pail guy. Yeah, brings a hard hat. First in, last out. Real cerebral player. <laughs> IQ. Yeah. So, uh, and with the, with the Titans depth chart receiver, which is almost non-existent. Uh, he'll probably see the field pretty early in this. I'm not sure how much production comes out of it, but he'll be on the field. All right, moving on to arguably the toughest now division in football. I don't know if it's that much of an argument, actually. <laughs> I've been yeah. saying this for like fucking Dude, 10 the, years. It's always been a hard division. It's no question. It's, this Whoa. this year was just different, though. I mean, yeah, it was an arms race in the AFC West this offseason. Oh, yeah. Three of them are making the playoffs. Let's start with four. The, uh, I think I think there's a chance. I mean, they, with with the addition of the two playoff, the extra playoff teams last year, there's a chance at some point one division will get all four teams in. The AFC West has a very good chance to do that this year. That they do. Uh, Denver Broncos will start here. Not a whole lot, obviously, in the draft for rookies, but obviously made a uh, quite a. Big move there in the offseason, acquiring Russell Wilson at quarterback. Did you guys see the pick of the video of what they did when the Seahawks were on the clock with Denver's pick? They were just playing Russell Wilson highlights. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. It's a great pick, man. It's a good pick. <laughs> uh, they take Greg Dolich, Dol- Dolich, the tight end out of UCLA, round three. Um, this was alarming just because uh, the Albert O hype is – Honestly, a little out of hand for me personally. I still think there's potential there for him to be, you know, fantasy relevant, but I'm not a hundred percent sold on that. Can you, um, can you explain that before you move on? I I don't I don't understand that at all. As soon oh, what, as Russell what, what Wilson, is the hype? As soon as Russell Wilson got traded, people were and no fan was and no fan was involved. Gone. gone, yeah. People were acquiring Albert O. His last name is crazy. People, everyone Quick, calls him Albert O. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. A.O. <laughs> I'm not even. A.O. Oh, people were going and picking him up or trading for him or whatever um, pretty heavily. But if anybody knows this 
as well as anyone, it'd be Irby over here. And we're from the Northwest, so we see a lot of Seahawks games. Like me and James, we're not Seahawks fans, but Irby is. And the the, the tight end's never been prominent, ever. Even when he had Jimmy Graham, it's just never really, like, it's never been a, a fantasy-worthy position under Russell Wilson. Yeah, I mean, that's mostly a red zone threat for Russ. Um, always has been. And James, it's funny you say that, seeing that Albert O's on your fucking dynasty team. Yeah. Yeah. The hype is so high, but because I don't trust it, but he's on my team. Um, As I said, I'm dying for a tight end. So (laughs) I'm taking shots. Aren't we all? He's taking anybody with a big name. Yeah. Um, They also took Montreal Washington wide receiver out of Samford in round five. Is that right? Stanford? Like, did you mean to put Stanford? No. No. See, the funny thing, <laughs> I actually put Stanford the first time then the, when I was going through, because like, you have to put the, all the players in first, and I went through and like did the bios. And when I went back through to do the bios, I, said, I saw it was Stanford and not, and not Stanford, because I put in Stanford to begin with. If I went there and I went to job interviews, I would just say it so fast. Yeah. Graduate top of the class at Stanford. <laughs> and they'd be like, oh, shit, Stanford. Yeah. 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 Stanford, yeah. Assuming, that, <laughs> assuming the guy interviewed you can't read your fucking resume, but. Um, no, nah, just verbalize it, you know. He's probably going to get buried on the depth chart here with, you know, obviously the big three they got there, but um, still opportunity right he's yeah, kind of a different sure. type of more of a jerry judy i guess type of receiver but oh and who knows maybe judy misses some time um yeah we talked about it a lot personally i personally don't think judy's gonna miss any time i think he's gonna be suspended um the lady that called his baby mama that called the cops on him has already dropped the charges, dropped charges yeah. um there wasn't even any physical altercation she just wanted her stuff back she was kind of holding hostage like her wallet and stuff not a big deal um i think that's yeah, water under the bridge at this point it's his son's mom dude his son's baby mama asshole but anyways (laughs) i'm kidding (laughs) i get all salty about it (laughs) but speaking of montreal williams though this is a decently deep receiver core maybe even like top 10 in the league like definitely the top half i mean they they have three good receivers and they also have kj hamler four good receivers yeah so um, montreal is definitely it's someone i'm not paying attention to Moving on to the Kansas City Chiefs. Now we can pay attention. <laughs> I will say this, though. Sky Moore did fall farther than I thought he would. Yeah. And uh, Chiefs did make, what, two or three picks before they pulled the trigger on Sky Moore? Because I think they had... They had two first-rounders, so yeah. Yeah. So, still, though, obviously tied to Patrick Mahomes, Sky Moore, the wide receiver out of Western Michigan. How do you guys feel? Do you guys feel he's worthy of the 1.8, 1.9 that he's going for in rookie drafts? He's Hunter Renfro 2.0. You just love comparing to everyone Hunter Renfro. Um, well, he's a smaller receiver, and he's very shifty and creative. I mean, but he's, t- fast. Tyler, he's faster and he runs harder, but... Uh, I would argue <laughs> against that. But, I mean, obviously, Tyler, you, you know more about him than I do, but we were the only ones that really liked him when we were doing our wide receiver rankings. Jim wasn't really about him. Not he doesn't like him, but he just didn't really make his list of top five. So I, oh, how do you feel about it? I love it. I, I love this pick so much. I, and he's not going to come in and be Tyreek Hill, so I'm not saying that at all. But this is the perfect situation for Sky Moore to go to with one of the best play designers this league has ever seen. Andy Reid is going to put him in a position to win from day one 
I'm going to go out there right now. Sky Moore is my leading candidate for rookie of the year. So let me ask you this. You were sitting at the 1.6, right? Yep. Why did you take Alave and not pull the trigger on Sky Moore that you're obviously super excited? You thought he would fall. You know it. No. Um. In all honesty, fall. he wouldn't come all the way back. There's yeah. No way. He wouldn't call. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, I fucking panicked. <laughs> like, I swear to you. Okay, the sleeper app does not, like, put him in a ranking system. It was alphabetical, and I couldn't fucking find him. That's I was like running the out commissioner. Time. He was playing games. Yeah. I couldn't find Sky Moore, and I was just, like, flipping through it, and I finally was like, oh, shit, I gotta make a pick because I'm almost out of time. And I just, I, so I saw a lot, I clicked on it. I panicked, and I regret it. <laughs> yeah, you should, because I snagged him in the first round, and I'm I know very you happy like, about it. a couple it. picks later. Yeah. No. I, honestly, so you would have ta- you would have taken Skymore at the one point six. Yeah, I would have taken him over over Alave for sure. Interesting. But again, I panicked. Maybe I'm like crazy high on this dude, but I would really say that he's an every week starter in a PPR league. He's not going to be I, rec- the receiver number one in a pass happy offense. Uh I would say like one slash two. Okay, if you want to say Travis Kelsey, fine. But there's no other receiver on this team that's going to put up better production. Don't you, you dare say Juju. Juju? Sw- no, oh, <laughs> I'm not going to. I'm definitely, definitely not going to. I saw a side eye over there. I was like, boy, you say Juju. <laughs> no, no, I'm just like looking at you while I'm trying to like look into the mic at the same time, you know. But no, just because of his size, he's not going to be like their number one. Like, yeah, they're X. He's not I a guess prototypical outside receiver. Yeah, he's not no, going to be. No, but he's going to be the number one productive receiver on their team because yeah. Andy Reid's going to put him all, all over the field. Like I said, Andy Reid's going to make this kid win. Right. I completely agree. That's what I'm saying. And it's it borderline, like in a half PPR league, he, he'll probably be at least flex worthy. But if you're in a PPR league, he is so worthy. I, he's going to start every week for you. I'm flexing him in all leagues. Yeah, definitely. At least. And I th- and I'll so Sky Moore, like I said, he's my leading candidate. The only guy I think really competes for rookie of the year with for this is Traylon Burks. Drake London went like a word. <laughs> <laughs> Drake London is like there's just the, I can't trust the Atlanta offense. Just it's that's only because like his position right you now. You know what Drake London reminds me of is like kind of what people were saying about DK Metcalf before he got drafted. It's just like oh like athletic freak da da da. But can he play the foosball? He can. that's fair. He can play that, the foosball. That's, uh, a fair, that's actually a pretty fair comparison. Yeah, a, a lot of doubts and like obviously that's a really high expectations, but it, it's definitely possible. Uh, they also took Isaiah Pacheco. Pacheco, yeah, running back out of Rutgers in round seven, pick two fifty one. So, um, obviously Ceh is still there. They also have Ronald Jones now. Um, this might be a practice squad guy. His parents don't spell Isaiah correctly. <laughs> uh, let's move on to the Las Vegas Raiders. When you're at the hospital filling out the paper, man, maybe they were just wild. They and panicked. Just, yeah, you're panicking. You're all you're all wired up. Well, see, the way they do the rankings is I can't find the right name. And so the Las Vegas Raiders uh, took Zamir White, running back out of Georgia, in round four. Raiders. How do you like his outlook round or first year in that backfield? I think he carves a roll out for himself first year. Um, I understand. I know Josh Jacobs is there, but clearly the new regime in Las Vegas is not sold on Josh Jacobs being their running back. They didn't pick up his fifth year option this year. Um, they draft Samir White, you know, relatively early in draft fourth fourth round. He only fell that far because of the injury or a couple injuries. Kenyon Drake, we know who Kenyon Drake is. Kenyon Drake is not the guy. 
He's a good number two guy. Um, he's never going to be that guy. The only reason that Zamir White really fell is that in high school, he tore both his ACLs, which is nuts. But he came back. He was out here in a wheelchair just getting touchdowns. <laughs> well, it wasn't at the same time, but, you know, one, one after the <laughs> other. So he tore both his ACLs before he ever played it down for Georgia. And then this season, he got hurt again. He played in every game, but he got hurt. Like, it was like a foot injury or something. Um, but he played in every game. He's the only Georgia player the last two years to play in every single game. So, like, I'm not worried about his longevity. Long, yeah, longevity. Clearly, I mean, ACL tears are they're usually just random. Like, normally, right. you know, you get rolled up on, um, weird cut, get foot gets stuck in the ground. Like, weird things happen. You can't do anything about that. But Zamir White, like I said earlier when we talked about James Cook, Zamir White was a starter for Georgia to begin the year. There's a reason for that. Zamir White will carve out a role in this offense, and I would not be surprised if Josh Jacobs is on another team come next season. I agree with, like, most of what you're saying. I personally believe that Josh Jacobs might have a career year this year under the new regime. And Kenyon Drake, people are sleeping on him. They they really are. He showed a lot of good flashes, especially when John Gruden was still the coach. Um, He's not. For the Raiders. Yeah, I'm saying when he was. Don't. <laughs> I got PTSD, dude. Get out of here with that. Talk about John Gruden. Hey, you brought him up. up. But anyways, yeah. It, it'll. Be, I think it'll be difficult for him to carve a rollout, but I think that's inevitable. It's more of a next year thing. It's a deep stash for me in Dynasty. I really think Josh Jacobs is going to ball out, and Kenyon Drake under the new coach, uh, Josh McDaniels, is really going to thrive because Kenyon Drake is he, he's got a lot left in the tank. He was barely lo- used last year. It, it's honestly like Zamir White to me. I see him being the starter next year. If I'm being completely honest. Oh yeah, I'm not saying they. I'm not saying Zamir White is going to be fantasy relevant this year. I'm just saying he's going to carve out a role for himself in the offense this year. So, like, for me, I picked him up, and I think in the third round of our draft, and he's on my taxi squad. Yep. Yeah. And that's exactly what you should do with Zamir White, definitely. I wanted two rounds in a row. You picked the guy that I wanted. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They also took Britton Brown, running back out of UCLA, round seven. We'll see if he uh, makes the roster. Um. He's British. He can just fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, won the war. Spill the tea, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on to the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, you you almost didn't say Chargers. What were you about to say there? <laughs> well, the the A and the loss threw me off there. Oops. Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah, my B. Oh, the Los like the Los Angeles. It's, it's a Los Los Angeles Chargers. Only uh, only fixed. one notable pick here, really, uh, for the Chargers. Isaiah Spiller, running back out of Texas A and M. They took him in the fourth round. He fell a little farther than I think um, people predicted. He was our consensus number five. Yeah, during our running back rankings. There was a few running backs that fell farther than I think a lot of people did. And I mean, right. you got Brees Hall and Kenny Walker taken, and then there was a pretty large gap before we had you know the next guys come off the board. Yep, uh, but obviously you know there it's it was an interesting pick because he does feel very much similar to kind of an Austin Eckler as far yeah. as skill set and you know what what type of role he would play in. So I don't know. I mean, do you guys? think he there's some relevance there in year one or is this more of a long-term kind of stash 
I mean, he's going to play for sure. Um, whether he's going to be fans relevant, I would say no, unless Eckler gets hurt. But I think he comes in and immediately becomes RB2 there. Um, who's the other? Justin, was it Justin Jones? Justin? Josh Kelly? Jo- uh, no. no. Josh, screw Josh Kelly, the other guy. Larry Roundtree? No. It's the guy that uh, made an impact at the end of the year when Eckler wasn't around. Uh, he's not on this list that I'm looking at. Once more. You Justin got Jackson? J- that's a, just, yeah, Justin Jackson. Um, I just don't believe in that guy a whole lot. Um, you know, we can't remember his name, so tells you a lot. Uh, Spiller's gonna come in and be the RB two. Um, and like I said, he he'll get touches. Um, you know, he's gonna play some some in this league or in the, in this offense. Uh, how much I don't know, but I will say this: if Eckler does get hurt, Isaiah Spiller is gonna be a week in and week out starter. Yeah, I think uh, I feel like we talked about this maybe on the last NFC episode for some reason. Or maybe we're talking about it. For, uh, either way, I remember us having a conversation about it. He's in one of the best positions as far as rookie running backs goes. Because, just like you said, if Eckler gets hurt, Spiller's going to step up. They do like Josh Kelly a little bit. He's been around for a couple years. But uh, San Diego's one of the few teams that really does utilize um, mostly a feature running back. So if Austin Eckler gets injured, Isaiah Spiller is in a great position, someone that you can draft in Dynasty and maybe even use in the first year. Yep, for sure. That'll be it, right? That's it. Yeah, that's all she wrote. That'll do it for uh, the AFC rookie um, outlook here. Uh, Obviously, we'll be talking more about these guys moving forward throughout the offseason. Um, but I think some interesting, I felt like there was a lot of like rookie prospects. Maybe I'm just getting excited, but that have potential to really make an impact on fantasy rosters year one. Well, I'm personally curious, like people that are like the listeners, if they think there's someone that like we're missing out on or someone we're too high on or too low on, like reach out to us on Twitter or, you know, however, I guess really on Twitter is the only way you can really get at us at the (laughs) FF fathers. Yep. At the FF fathers, like, um, People definitely have strong opinions about a lot of these rookies. It's a very interesting rookie class. It is. Yeah, so hit us up on Twitter. Make sure you follow, like, subscribe if you feel like it, and give us a rating. We appreciate you listening first and foremost, though, and uh, we will see you guys next time. Five stars only. If you rate us less than five stars, we delete it. I don't know why you're even (laughs) listening, man. (laughs) Later.